Hello, uh, my name is David Carley. I'm one of the core surgical trainees at Queen's Medical Centre. And this is the first in a series of paediatric surgical podcasts in association with School of Surgery. And where better place to start than the acute scrotum, which takes up a lot of our time, doesn't it? <laughs> where better place to start than exactly. painful balls? And that's, that's the voice of Mike John, who is one of our registrars here at Queen's Medical Centre. So today we're just going to go through what the different pathologies that can cause a child to present in this way and go through one by one what they are and following that go into what the surgical management so yeah so take it away so what are the what are the main things we're thinking about if a child presents with an acutely tender testicle well the main thing we're worried about is torsion and, and the second thing that occurs to you straight after that is how quickly can i get this kid to this to sort it out i think that's the uh, the main concerns mm. um, whenever you get referral for a child with testicular pain naturally you 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 would speed uh, you want to get to the child in uh, as quickly as possible um and do a thorough history examination um but you've always got a clock in the back of your head that's ticking if if you do feel that this is likely to be a torsion from what you've what's been described to you okay and um, what is a torsion exactly uh, so um, it's an interruption to the blood supply to the testis uh, by um, a, a twist on the spermatic cord, which will eventually um, uh, cause the testis to become ischemic and, and then infarcted um, and cause irreversible damage, essentially. And who are the types of patients that suffer from this? So we see two, two peaks in terms of distribution um, can occur in the neonatal age group. Often that's a, a prenatal uh, diagnosis or prenatal event uh, and the baby's born. Midwife does a check or the, or the, or the medical team do a check and find that there's a, a swollen or a very hard lump in, on one side of the scrotum. And it's not something that unfortunately that's salvageable in the majority of cases when it occurs at that age. Uh, the second peak we see is, is in the adolescent age group and shortly after the onset of puberty, right, right the way up until in, until early years of, of adult life in the, in the 20s. And that, um, again, is why that happens, is that's related to the, the onset of puberty or the onset of, um, or the, and the development of the testis in terms of its size and weight um, is what's been alluded to previously. Okay. Uh, so what's the classic presentation? Because your typical patient is going to be one of these patients that fall into the latter of these two groups so typically your 14 year old boy or so who presents with a whole host of problems so what would they be i mean the the 14 year old lad that comes in with testicular pain from torsion you'd expect to have exquisite tenderness in in, in the testis with, with a fairly rapid onset of the symptoms mm -hmm. when you're asking the history either from himself or, or the mother and father who's accompanying him the testis may well be um, quite swollen also, and it might be that that's something that the, the parents have seen um, tend to find that teenage boys are understandably a little bit embarrassed about these these things uh, and don't necessarily tell their parents what's going on um, for, for, for a while until the, the pain has got quite quite such and, um, and they start having all sorts of uh, associated abdominal pain or, or vomiting due to, due to the excruciation nature that, that that's when they present to A&E. Okay, and um, if you're examining these uh, children, what sort of things would you expect to see? She's saying that the testicle could be firm, uh, potentially a bit erythematous as well. Uh, again, it depends on the on the duration of the symptoms. Uh, 
before you get to to, to examine the examine the boy. Early on, you, you might find a high riding testis with with very little surrounding changes to the um, the, the scrotum um, and the and the scrotal contents. The, the testis uh, might feel sore. There may be discomfort associated in the groin, extending right up into the lower part of the abdomen. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it could be that if the symptoms have been going on for some time, that a reactive process has started to the the, the infarcted testis or the ischemic testis, and you get quite a marked swelling on that side of the scrotum, um, with erythema overlying. Um, but but pain and, and tenderness that you you elicit when you examine them is by far and away the most most important thing to 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 assess. All right, good. Uh, there's another thing I've heard about this whole blue dot thing. So what's what's going on there? <laughs> so the the blue dot um, is. Should some... I be reading my textbooks more? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, generally, but um, but but. <laughs> The blue dot is something that we see um, when, rather than the testicle itself, uh, it's an appendage or an embryological remnant on top of the testis that has twisted and and caused um, pain or unilateral pain, which which would would understandably make us worry that the child has a torsion. Um, This tends to be more commonly seen in pre-adolescent boys. Uh, with a with a slightly more insidious onset of symptoms, so it might be that they say, "Oh, I was um, woke up from sleep with it, and they've sat with it for twelve hours at school, and then come home to the parents and said, now my testis is hurting me,' and and they have some swelling and erythema over the side of the uh, over that side of the scrotum, um, and the the testi- uh, the testicular appendage, if it becomes significantly necrotic, you can often demonstrate it through the skin." Um, with the help of some transillumination sometimes, um, which helps to confirm clinically the diagnosis. Um, These are the very rare instances whereby a child with testicular pain might escape um, exploration or urgent exploration of of the scrotum, um, because you can be fairly convinced in your diagnosis if the blue dot is there, because it's pathognomonic of the condition. not all boys uh, with a blue dot will escape surgery because we quite often counsel the parents about the diagnosis and the lad himself. And it might be that the, the discomfort from having surgery is, is, is a benefit in the, in the sense of the, the, the discomfort he's having from, from the twisted cyst um, or twisted appendage is, is worth having an operation to get rid of. Um, and then, and then the, the, the discomfort from the surgery is not, is not comparable to that. Um, this is something that can be managed at home with um, conservative measures including ibuprofen and paracetamol and observation to to make sure that the symptoms are improving Uh, but I think the take home message is if if there's ever any diagnostic uncertainty about testicular pain in a lad of any age then you you take them to theatre and you explore to make sure everything's okay good and there's another thing that I've heard about the hepatic scrotodema so what What's going on there exactly? Uh, we, something we diagnose very cautiously, um, and something certainly I would be asking one of my uh, my colleagues or, or consultants for a second opinion on it, it, it. Something that you see around about the age of five years old in boys, um, and can cause quite a marked inflammatory response over the scrotal skin. Um, Classically, it will extend into the perineum, um, onto the in, in a part of the thigh or the groin, um, and cross the midline raphae um, onto both sides of the scrotum. 
um, and the skin has an edematous feel to it, for, you know, for, for want of stating the obvious. It, 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 it tends to feel more like a skin level condition than something that's responsive to what's going on inside the scrotum. Again, it's, it's something you diagnose very cautiously um, because you don't want to miss an underlying testicular torsion. Um, the testes themselves generally feel non-tender. Um, it's not the easiest examination to perform in, in a child of that age because the skin, obviously because of the swelling, can be sore. But if you can um, convince yourself the testes are non-tender um, and there is this spreading erythematous um, change, then, um, then idiopathic scrotalidema may come into it um, uh, in an inappropriate demographic of patients. Uh, you wouldn't be diagnosing that in, in somebody of 15 years old, for example. We don't yeah. see that. Okay, and so if you're not going to operate on them, what would be the management plan? Um, of the idiopathic scrotalidema? Yeah. Um, I think close observation um, is warranted, and whether or not you, you feel that's appropriate in the home setting or in the hospital is, again, something that you, you'd have to consider at the time based on, on, on the patient as an individual in the family unit. Okay. Fine, and the last one we're just going to discuss is epididymolchitis. So, yeah, could you just talk us through what's going on there? Um, less common in, in the paediatric population, um, sometimes occurs secondary to having surgery, hyperspadius surgery, things predisposing to ascending infections around that area. Uh, for example, we do have a population of patients, obviously the older teens, that, that uh, might get up to a bit of no good in terms of their sexual activities. Um, and we have to consider those, again, based on the patient, patient's individual characteristics as to whether or not it's worth you know, exploring a sexual history with them um, and finding out about other symptoms such as discharge from the penile meatus um, and thinking about whether or not this could be an STI manifesting itself as epididymoarchitis. Uh, generally, you have to do pretty well to escape exploration as a teenager with, with testicular pain under a, under a paediatric surgeon because mm. uh, it's just a risk that you are taking by not exploring somebody that could have a testicular torsion. Yeah, so just a standard approach if someone comes in acutely tender testicle, what would kind of your approach to management be? So I'd review them as soon as realistically possible in the emergency department, um, full history of, of the pain itself, duration of symptoms, type of onset, any other medical problems, and to consider any, any anaesthetic issues, uh, potential anaesthetic issues, um, and do a full examination, including the abdomen, um, we want to make sure that again, that, that very, very rarely you can see um, uh, intra-abdominal manifestations in the scrotum, particularly if there is a patent uh, processus vaginalis. It, it may be that there is an inflammatory process in the abdomen that's presenting as testicular pain um, or testicular pain and swelling on that side. Um, you'd expect to find associated abdominal symptoms with that, so anorexia, vomiting, um, temperatures, that kind of thing. Um, and Having made the diagnosis, counsel the um, counsel the family and and the lad himself about what what you intend to do as your management plan and, and expeditiously take him to theatre. Mm. And what sort of time frame would you be looking at to get him into theatre? Um, so obviously there's a variety of different um, theatre grading systems in terms of when you book, but in Nottingham we would take them within three hours. So we would. Not quite yet, obviously a U one where you think it's a life saving procedure. Um, so, but but to to ensure the best chance of testicular salvage, you'd want to operate within three hours. Fine. 
and as quickly as possible in practice, essentially. Good. Okay, and what does the actual operation involve? Um, so we would do a transverse hemiscrotal incision, is probably the most common approach on one side of the scrotum, um, and make your assessment um, of the testis. So generally most of us would deliver the testis in its coverings, um, so make the incision, deepen that with a knife, um, you can essentially deliver the testis out in the tunica um, and then open the tunica and, and assess the contents and see if you uh, find the, um, the classically named bell clapper deformity whereby um, you have a high insertion of the of the tunica vaginalis on the cord and that leads to increased mobility within within the tunica and probably around about 10% of the male population have that I suspect that that's actually there's actually more of us um, that, that do suffer from that um, and a high risk of finding that on the other side, um, hence the reason for um, exploring both sides in, in a case of mm. true testicular torsion. Um, so having delivered the testis, if you find a torsion of the cord, you would quickly detort the cord um, and wrap the testis in warm packs after making an initial assessment uh, to see if the testis will reperfuse. Perfect. And if you're going to fix it in place, what sort of processes involved there? So I'd leave the testis wrapped up in a, in a warm towel and go across to the other side um, and fix the healthy contralateral testis in three places uh, with a non-absorbable suture like proline um, is, is still the, the, the recommended approach to these, these lads. Um, to prevent uh, torsion of a potentially precious testicle in the future should you have to take the affected one out. There are some thought processes being given to just fixation using a Dartos pouch, so a sutureless fixation, but um, using, a, using a pouch that you create within the Dartos muscle and placing the testis in there. Um, whether or not those will evolve in time, I, I don't know. Um, currently, guidance for, for, for us in Nottingham is to do a three-point fixation with something non-absorbable to reassure yourself that you've given the testes uh, the best chance of not spinning on their axis in the future you following fixation of the healthy side come back and reassess the testis uh, on on the affected side and see if you you feel that any of the um, uh, there's been a change in the appearance suggestive of reperfusion and any evidence of reperfusion uh, would would lead you to salvaging the testis and counseling the family appropriately afterwards fine and just positionally how would you want the testicle to look before you fix it in place so um, make sure you've got the cord nice and straight. So if necessary, obviously you pull, pull the testis down, elongate it properly so you can formally assess the, the cord structures. Make sure you're happy that you're not putting it back in with a torsion, which would be kind of embarrassing. Mm -hmm. um, and look for the lateral sulcus between the epididymis and the testis itself and, and make sure that it's pointing appropriately laterally before you, before you position the testis in the scrotum and, and, and do your fixation. Um, Make sure you're you're taking decent bites of the of the scrotal wall and and not see, uh, simply stitching the testis back onto the tunica because that that may lead to a possibility of recurrence in the future. And then um, do a, a simple interrupted closure and finish essentially. Perfect, super. So that basically caps us off there. So yeah, thank you for tuning in. And thank you, Mike, for your time and talking us through all the different problems that can cause acute. Uh, acutely tender testicle so thank you very much no worries sorry for all the squeaky chairs in the background clearly mike and myself had piled on the pounds during quarantine and his chairs were buckling under the weight of our substantial behinds 
So hopefully that doesn't distract you too much from what was hopefully a very helpful podcast. And thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to another podcast brought to you by School of Surgery. Remember, you can follow us on Facebook at School of Surgery, on iTunes, on Podomatic at schoolofsurgery.podomatic.com, and finally, by searching School of Surgery on YouTube. Thank you very much, and see you next time.